Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, here he is, all right. This is the lightly cloudy voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmorris, with another food show. It's the branch bell ringing uh, time of the day, but uh, not much to get angry about or to uh, have lots of thoughts about, one or the, one or the other. Anyway, uh, what we do here is talk about food. I guess, you know, do I have to explain that anymore? No, I know I don't, because uh, for 30 years we have been talking about it here and uh, and having a lot of fun doing it, and uh, I'm just asking you to do it a little bit differently from what we have done in the past. Uh, all this week during my weekday show, and this thing is on uh, all, every, every day, uh, uh, Monday through Friday, from 3 in the afternoon until 5, and then we rerun it all over again for another two hours. Uh, that's how committed we are to food in our town. We uh, have the best eating city in America, according to uh, more than a few people. I remember saying it back in the 1980s. But now all of a sudden, uh, all the magazines in the country, the food magazines, are jumping in and saying that, uh, without a doubt, the best eating city in America is right here, right here in New Orleans. So... That's why we can get away with all this radio time uh, being given over to the radio and uh, to the uh, to the eating that we do, and uh, we uh, want to take full advantage of that. Now, here's here's what we did this week. It's just a, a real departure from what we've always done. Uh, ordinarily, I would sit here and give you some sort of theme, like Valentine's Day. What did you do on Valentine's Day? Tell me what you did on Valentine's Day. Where you went? How good was it? Do you think it was a good deal? Do you think that the restaurant was ripping you off with higher-than-usual prices? He was. There was no doubt about that. That goes on every year. But, uh, you know, those sorts of questions, because it's seasonal, and we, we just move from one thing to another, and I keep throwing things out there, and with any kind of luck, you go after them. But uh, this week, on the weekday show, I said, look, just call me. You don't have to have anything in your mind at all. You don't have to have any questions. You don't have to have any uh, points of view. You can have all those things if you want. If that's uh, what you want you to fill your, uh, your call with, you're more than welcome to do that. In other words, anything at all on your mind or off your mind is what I'm after. And all you have to do is call us here at 260-1870, 260-1870, and we'll get right into it. Right into what? Well, we'll see when you get here. I mean it. I mean, it's, we, we, uh, we're, we're struggling to get calls during the week. I think everybody is really busy going home from work or school or wherever it is they happen to be, and that explains that. But we, uh, on this uh, Saturday show and also on the Sunday show, we have one tomorrow, by the way. We're going to be on it approximately this time tomorrow as well. Uh, we have a lot of fun with that because the people who uh, listen to those two shows uh, and the ones who call in especially are the uh, 
are the ones that uh, have, you know, the, the most uh, elaborate questions to ask, but they also tend to be people I've never heard from before, uh, and uh, it's like a whole different audience from what we have during the week. So anyway, uh, do me that favor. All you have to do, you have to, you don't have to give this any further thought, although you can if you want to. Call me, 260-1870, 260-1870, and uh, we'd love to talk with you about whatever is cooking over at your house. Uh, we have had, my wife and I have had a, a, a wonderful week because everything happens at the same time for us. We have Valentine's Day. We have our anniversary. We have my birthday, of which is, of course, a very little note. And uh, we've been celebrating all of this all week long. Uh, one of the high points of it was uh, on Tuesday, was it? Or yeah, I think it was Tuesday. And we, we went over to the Royal, uh, the I'm sorry, the uh, Roosevelt Hotel because they were instituting something new over there. Uh, they had a, uh, they're going to do this every Tuesday. They call it Burgers and Bubbles. And if you're thinking, no, it couldn't possibly be hamburgers with uh, champagne, could it? Well, yes, it could, and it does, and they do it every Tuesday. And this past Tuesday was the one that we started off with. This is the, the first time around for that. And uh, it went pretty well. I had uh, an unusual hamburger that was dressed with not just the usual things, but also with some foie gras and some uh, black truffles. These are things you don't see very much on hamburgers, although they are also the kinds of things that you hope you run into in just about anything else. I mean, you, these are two of the great delicacies of the world. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had them before, but you ever get a chance, uh, go ahead and take it full advantage of it. Uh, and then uh, my wife, who is a very straightforward eater, she went for the normal kind of hamburger. The hamburgers were very good. It really was champagne, and I'm not just talking about French bubbly wine which is not necessarily champagne. Real champagne comes from the Champagne District in France, and in France, boy, they pay close attention to that, and you can't get away with calling it champagne if it doesn't come from champagne. So this really is from champagne, what they're doing with the hamburgers, and they say that they're going to do it every Tuesday, and I have a good reason to believe that that is going to happen because uh, the whole time I was there, we, we hung around for a little while afterwards. The place just filled up. It's uh, the uh, in the Roosevelt Hotel right there on the ground floor just off the uh, check-in area. Right there, right in the middle of the lobby, uh, they have uh, what they call the Fountain Lounge, which sounds like it's a bar. It is a bar. Of course, they have lots of, lot, they have lots of drinks that they do, in, including some of the best drinks in the world, I think. Uh, but they also have a full-fledged food service in there, and it's a, a nice place, very comfortable, good service. And uh, and now on Tuesdays, hamburgers and champagne together. <laughs> I bet you never thought you would see that. I, I didn't. Uh, well, so anyway, uh, uh, that's one of the things that I took uh, note of. So I'm asking you now, call us. Just call us on the air. Uh, Danny. Did you say Danny. I thought I heard Danny. Okay, Danny, welcome to the food show. He left? Oh, okay. Well, Danny, call us back, would you? 260-1870. 260-1870. What? 
Let's take a break. We will return with more of the Food Show in just a moment after first, if you will, this. Hello there. Welcome back. It's the Food Show. Uh, we're trying a new uh, thesis here today, and uh, we've been doing it all week long on the weekday show, and it's worked out really, really well. And uh, it's the kind of thing you have to get your head around. But tr- trust me on this. Just call me up, 260-1870, 260-1870. And as soon as uh, we connect on the phone, uh, I'll ask you a question or tell you something, and we'll start a conversation. Uh, imagine this. You're walking around in the supermarket, and you bump into a guy you know, and you start talking for a few minutes. You know how that goes. It's just this and that. And uh, you you wind up uh, talking about things that are pretty interesting. And so this is what I'm asking you to do. Just call us. Don't If you have a question or a comment in your head, go ahead and tell me what it is. But if you don't, call anyway, and we'll just jump right into this. I'm, I guarantee you. It has been working beautifully all week this week on the day on the weekday show. And with all these people who are in the Big 870 with us, I know we can uh, get something rolling. But where are you? Here. Call right now. Easy enough. 260-1870. Uh, by the way, if you are uh, very shy about talking in public, which would include being on the radio show, uh, you know, it's uh, I understand that, and they say that uh, speaking in public is the thing that most people are afraid of more than anything else. That seems a little much, but maybe it is true. I don't know. But the um, uh, the uh, downfall of this, or the uptake, either one you can you can have either one, is uh, uh, what you, what you get sometimes is a, a lot of missed good information. Like I know, without even talking to you that there is a restaurant you go to that you think is really great, and you go there all the time, and you really enjoy it very consistently. And the reason you have never called us on the air about it is that you figure that everybody knows about this place. And in a lot of cases, they do. But you, we probably don't. We probably don't know what this is that you like so well. And you're keeping it to yourself, not on purpose or anything, but, you know, that's just the way it works out. So I'm asking you right now to tell me about this new restaurant. Well, it doesn't even have to be new. A restaurant that you really have been enjoying, whether that's for the last 40 years or for the last 20 minutes. Uh, So call us up. Would you? Please. Uh, We're we're in the experimental stage of this, but I think you will enjoy it. 260-1870. 1870. We're just sitting here waiting. It's going to work. It's going to work. I'm telling you. Here's why. Because uh, what we were encountering on the weekday show is that uh, nobody would call if nobody else was calling. So what we had to do was get that first one there, and then we would get two, and then we'd have four, and then everything would be great. And here is Nick. Nick, welcome to the food show. Thank you for calling. Yeah, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, you want the uh, salad or the soup? Oh, I'm, I'm on a diet, so I'm going salad now. <laughs> Do you like kale, really? I mean, everybody keeps talking about it and talking about it, and I, I swear to you, I, I can't make heads or tails of why anybody really likes it that much. We uh, we had a kale salad last night, actually. And how was um, it? It was delicious. Did a little raspberry okay. vinaigrette with some chicken, yeah. and, and it, was, it was great. But I got a question for you. Um, All right. I've been into the smoking on the grill lately. And um, I'm thinking about doing a smoked salmon for the first time. And uh, had a question about a 
you know, potential pre-rubs to do? And uh, my second question, I guess, would be uh, what kind of glaze to do after? Oh, gosh, you could uh, – let's let's get to the glaze first. I'm, I'm thinking okay. honey. I mean, really. Yeah. I'm, by the way, I'm not calling you honey. That's just – <laughs> Uh, honey or you uh, there are all sorts of other things you could you could put that it would be in that category one that comes to my mind all of a sudden is real maple syrup as opposed to the fake maple syrup you get in most places and uh, that is that's a wonderful underrated taste i think i i I wind up using it on a lot of things uh the the trick with the uh, smoking the fish which you sound like uh, you sound like you know what you're doing is that you have to do this at a fairly low temperature. You, you can't do this with a high, you know, like 350 degrees or something. You're more like around 100 or maybe even less than that to give you that really, you know, very delicate kind of smoking. And uh, as for the marinade, I would say a little white wine a little or, or a little bit of orange juice. I have done that and found that it comes out pretty good, but not for a long, long time, like maybe two hours, three hours at the most. Yep. That's yeah. what I was planning on doing. So, and, well, and you well, think it sounds like you got it figured. What's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I said temperature at 100. Some of the stuff I read was about 175. Do you think that'd be too high? That that would strike me as being a little too high, but I don't think it'll ruin the dish. But I, I this is something that you you really do low and slow. The the restaurant that did something much like it, although you're not going to think so at first. It's the old Christians. Remember Christians? It was in that uh, church on just off Canal Street. Okay. Yeah, I haven't been, but. they yeah. have, Well, they're gone. Oh, they're long gone okay. uh, since the hurricane. <laughs> yeah, that's life. But one of the things on their menu that they were famous for was a smoked soft-shell crab. They would take still alive soft-shell crabs. They'd put them on the grill, and, and that's what they ran it at, about 100 to 100 and a quarter. And uh, and then they would fry it after that. But what a dish that was! They they still do it that way over at Clancy's now and then. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm sticking with my guns at a hundred to a hundred and a quarter. All right, where'd he go? Oh well, he went away. It's the food show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you talking about uh, eating and drinking. And Chef Chef Alex is here. Chef Alex, hey, which one? I know several Chef Alexes. Hi, Boo. Hi, Boo. Oh, and now I know who exactly who it is. Somebody asked me about you last night. Really? They have nothing yeah. else to talk about? Uh, well, no, I, 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 I don't really. Do you have a, a passion for uh, kale at all that moves you? No. No, me neither. I don't get it. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> what, have, what have you been doing? I've lost – this is um, – uh, Patu, uh, Alex Patu, right? Basically, basically I'm retired, and yeah. what I'm doing is one domino leads to another domino, and I do private parties throughout the country. Oh, no kidding. You know, I vaguely remember you telling me that once before. Yeah, in fact, I just got off the cruise ship Crystal Cruise Line, and we no went kidding. from Los Angeles all the way to New Zealand. That's not bad. That's a, that's a hell of a long trip there. It was a long trip, and all I had to do was two demos and one dinner in conjunction with their regular menu offering in the dining room, and that was mm. for 21 days all paid for. That's very nice. You know, uh, this uh, this is something you and I have in common. I have done some cooking demos on sh- on cruise ships, too. It's, it's interesting. Wonderful. People really 
that people really get off on that even more than they would any in any other situation. Well, the problem, the good part about it is they're not pressed for time. They're not going anywhere, so they <laughs> well, they sure. tend to they tend to focus more about what's going on versus where they need to be. Yeah, I always tell them, you know, my favorite place, uh, my favorite uh, way you enjoy cruises is, uh, have you ever done skiing off the back of the ship? That's wow. <laughs> that's not. That's really happening. Oh, Lord. no, I haven't done that. <laughs> A quick update, just wanted to pass on to everybody in New Orleans. It looks like we're really going to have a fabulous crawfish season this year. Uh, I've been waiting for somebody to tell me that because I've been hearing whispered uh, 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 thoughts about that maybe that being possible. But but uh, well, that's good. To the know. river, the Chafalaya River in Morgan City is at six feet. And flood stage is basically around four, so there's going to be plenty hey, of water in the hey, basin. Alex, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on hold for a minute. I have to take a, a news break here, but we'll be right I back. I understand. It's more of the food show coming of Alex Patu. This is the food show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. Ed, hang on, will you, buddy? We, uh, we'll, we'll get to you just in a second here. But Alex Patu had taken a couple of minutes out of his busy schedule. You used to uh, be on this station a while ago, I remember. You and, yeah, uh, absolutely. And Dave... Um, uh, or wait, was it Dave? Well, anyway, I remember you were here, and I think maybe even with Chef Paul coming up here every now and then. And and, du- and Duke and I used to do a show together every now and then as well. Oh, and really? then I I I used to also take your place when you went on vacation. Oh, that's right. You know, I forget all these things after all these years. <laughs> well, it's been a long time. Let's face it. I know. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, well, okay, now I know what to tell people who ask me where you are, because I do get that uh, that question every now and then. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate and, it. And really, no kidding, just last night somebody asked me where you were, and I, I had to say I don't know. I, last time I saw of him, he was uh, making snowballs. No, I just made that up. You know, I just... <laughs> That's not, But you know what I do for fun when I'm in New Iberia and I really don't have anything on my schedule? I started doing this about a year ago, yeah. and I sell out every time I make I make homemade hot tamales. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yes. I mean, the, the old-fashioned way, the way we like a very, very little cornmeal and a, and a yeah. true pork and beef tamale, and it, it, I season them up. I mean, it's just fun. It's fun to make. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you should bring that up because my wife uh, made a trip to Houston for a food writer's convention over there about a week ago. And uh, okay. while she was there, she ran into this place that was somehow hooked into a new concept uh, called the uh, the uh, uh, Delta Trail of Hot Tamales. And this sounds really? like I'm making it up, but I'm not making it up at all. <laughs> if you if you ever went to the um, to the Delta region of 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 Mississippi. This is up in the northeast west corner of the Mississippi and uh, Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, yeah. Right, exactly right. And coming down there and sort of following the river all the way uh, into New Orleans, you have these t- tamales that are really not a lot like you, the ones you would find in Mexico. They're more not like, at and all. I think I think people can relate to this, is that will, it will remind you of uh, Manuel's hot tamales. I, t- I totally agree. That's why I didn't want to confuse people with Mexicans. It's not Mexican at all. No, no. But uh, apparently it's making a big resurgence, and here you are doing that, too. It is fun. I mean, it really is. Why not? When I start yeah. ro- when, when, I'm, when, I'm, 
I get my meat organized. When I'm organized and I'm ready to roll, I'll roll 30 dozen at a time wow. by myself. That's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, some years yeah. ago, there was a, a local outfit that put together a kit. So you could just buy that and then go buy some ground beef or you grind it yourself, I guess. And, uh, and it had a recipe that came with it. And I wound up making 144 of them. So that's 12 dozen. That's 12 and, dozen. You know what it takes. Well, you know what I what I remember from this is that uh, the the process of putting these things together uh, is such that your blood pressure goes down and the calm moves over to your whole <laughs> life because Absolutely. there's something you just do one after another after another yeah. after, and you wrap them up and you put them in the in the pot and then you you get the grease you going. Know. You know, you can't have good hot tamales without a good bit of grease. Would you agree? Well, the point is that I, I ball my beef and pork off, and I save all the stock from that, and that there has the go. fat in the stock. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't use ground meat because I find the texture is not right. So we take the meat, oh, okay. and we don't we Chop we it? don't even we, we we do the food process of pulsing, just boom, oh, boom, okay. boom, and it really gives a lot of texture to it. At the same time, be very tender on the tamale itself. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well uh, see, have it, a have a great afternoon. You too, and thank you for calling. And you're always welcome on our show, as I'm, I hope you know. After all these years that we have known one absolutely, another, absolutely, absolutely. Right. And tell everybody in New Orleans, Alex says hello and laissez le bon temps There he goes. He's a textbook Cajun. No, he's he's for real. He Alex Patu. He and he used to be all over radio and television and everything. And then he opened up a series of restaurants, uh, mostly up and down on Royal Street, but. Uh, haven't seen seen him lately or heard from him. But in the meantime, I have to salute Ed over here for uh, hanging on so long. Thank you very much, Ed. Are you still there? Hey, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Come on in. Have... All right. I'm going to bring up a topic that has no relation to Mardi Gras or Valentine's or anything else. Okay. I'm going to bring perfectly up... perfectly fine. Cranberries. You know, Cranberries. like we eat Thanksgiving. Yes. I'm fascinated by the damn things. My favorite non-alcoholic beverage is uh, Ocean <laughs> Spray Cranberry Juice Cocktail. Even better, oh, you yeah. add vodka to it. And yeah. I have to drink cranberry juice due to certain medical conditions that I have. I don't want to get into that. Tell me the history that. of the cranberry and why is it so sour? And they always have to sugar the damn things down. Mm-hmm. And how come there's no cranberry pie or cranberry hubig pies? Or uh, it's because we don't live in New England. Uh, I just want to, as much as you can tell me about cranberries, how they're harvested and everything. I'm just fascinated by. It. Oh uh, well, I'm a, that's a good thing because for once I actually have some experience in this. I, some okay. years ago, I was at on Cape Cod for about two weeks. It's it's a long story and it's not worth telling here. But I was there. And one of the things that is done in that part of the world is that they raise cranberries. And the way they raise them are they have these these vines. I, I don't know if I'd even call them vines. They're miniature trees, really. And they, uh, they uh, live in these uh, inundated areas. It's uh, all pretty much like a flood zone, pretty much continuously, especially when they start harvesting them. They are so light compared with the weight of an, an equivalent amount of water, that uh, you, they basically just shake the trees and all of the berries hit the ground, uh, but they float up to the top. So uh, getting them into a place where you can sell them uh, it involves like building a, a rodeo uh, 
or a, a roundhouse or something, and you you kind of go in and you sort of suck them off the top. There's a million of them there at one time, and they just don't have very much sweetness in them because they don't need the sweetness to attract anything. They they apparently are fertilized by this whole action of uh, that goes into the picking. Uh, that's what I gather anyway. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who know more about it than I do, but that's that's why. And also the fact, and this is true of almost every fruit, the farther north you go, the less sweet it is. Okay, and, uh, I like blackberries also, or blueberries down here. Okay. Well, uh, you know, they're pretty good. I know over at my house, over at the Cool Water Ranch, we get good huckleberries there, and blueberries oh. are very nice. Oh. Well, let me so, ask you this. Historically, uh, sugar was extremely expensive in the time of the Pilgrims and the Puritans until yeah. sugar was imported or molasses was imported into New England as part of the slave trade. Did, did, did they start you know, cooking the, down the cranberries the with the sugar? Triangular traving. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think that the two things were related with one another because uh, you, you had three things going on there. You had yeah. the, the sugar. You had... Mm-hmm. The rum, which was, you know, keeping this all fired up, that's that's the right. final product that was being made. Right. And let's see, what it's triangular trave, uh, 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 triangular trade, the triangular slave trade. trade. That's it. I'm trying to remember the exact phrase. And uh, what was the other half of it? What was the only th- other third of it, rather? Uh, no, no, it was a... Know. In the New England money. Uh, I think money was the third. Yeah, yeah, money. Well, the slaves were sold in West Africa yeah. to bring to the plantations of the West Indies, and yeah. they were traded for sugar. And sugar was brought to England, be made into rum, the rum to go to Africa, yeah, and then you've that was got the whole it. thing. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, and, yeah. All right. Well, uh, well. Thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, boy, you can really learn some stuff doing this radio gig. We will. What did you say? Break. All right, we'll be back in just a moment after first, if you will, this. Hello, welcome back. This is the Food Show. Our telephone number is 260-1870, and uh, we are talking about food, and we're talking about restaurants and cooking and wine and uh, Valentine's Day, what you did, how it went. And, in fact, anything that you want to bring up, all you have to do, you don't even have to ask me first, uh, call 260-1870. And uh, we'll dive right into it no matter what it is. I'll stop talking about what we're talking about and get over to you. In the meantime, Jose has managed to get on hold, and uh, I'm glad he has. It's on the green phone. Hi, Jose. Welcome. Hey, Tom. Just give me a second. I'm driving in from Thibodeau, so let me pull over real quick. I was calling because I, I understand you have family in Southern California, don't you? I do. Well, we're going to be taking a trip with the kids to Los Angeles uh, in May and just wanted to see if you had any restaurant recommendations, uh, casual, not necessarily fine dining, but something casual we could take the kids to. That's pretty much the entire restaurant scene in Los Angeles. Everywhere you go, that's the kind of restaurant you wind up in. Uh, And about the only exception I would make to that, because we don't go over there all that much, not nearly enough for my wife's liking anyway. And... uh, there is, there's an Italian restaurant we go to a lot, but boy, if I could remember how, what the name of it, I would tell you. But it was, uh, uh, I, I don't have uh, Los Angeles in my database. It's, uh, 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 what? It's, it's too far away, huh? No, no, spot, well, spot, uh, yeah, he, that's, a, that's a good restaurant, but it's kind of expensive, and I wouldn't call it a family kind of place exactly. Got it. Spago. Now, speaking of it. 
speaking of Italian, Tom, what is the difference between northern Italian cuisine and southern Italian cuisine? And what restaurants in New Orleans reflect both of those really well? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that anybody does does both sides well. Uh, most of our Italian food here, in restaurants anyway, is Sicilian. This is just the way that, that uh, our area was settled when Italians first started coming in the late 1800s. And uh, as a result of that, we get Sicilian cooking, which is where you have the red sauces, a lot of uh, garlic, a lot of olive oil, uh, and a lot of cheese. They, they love that. Whereas northern Italy tends more towards... It's, it's much more elegant, I'll tell you that right off the bat, uh, because the people in the northern part of the country are much wealthier than the people in the lower half. Uh, but they uh, like to do roasted m- meats, and this is particularly true of Tuscany. Tuscany is right in the middle of, of Italy, and uh, uh, Florence is the capital of it. And uh, the kind of cooking they do, that lots of steaks, I mean, like big-time steak place. They grow their own uh, uh, kinds of steak there that are very unusual. They're extremely large cows, and they the steaks you get out of them are, you know, like one of them will feed four people. I mean, they, they are really good. And uh, all the other meats that turn up there. And uh, also along the two coastlines, the West one and the and the uh, the Aegean and the uh, the uh, the the way that those restaurants uh, go and those people at home too lots and lots of seafood. You know, if you look at a map of Italy, you'll see why they sell a lot of seafood because they're surrounded by it. So uh, there's plenty of good eating to be had uh, all over Italy. We're about to go there. My wife and I are giving ourselves that for an for an anniversary. We have a big anniversary we just had, so we're going to uh, we're going to Venice, which is a beautiful, beautiful, romantic, wonderful place with really good food too. So your rec- so your know. recommendation for authentic Italian food in New Orleans would be what restaurant? Well, authentic. What does that mean? I don't know. I would say the best that does kind of Tuscan food is Del Porto. It's in Man. It's in Covington, uh, and. I think, that, in fact, that's the best Italian restaurant in the whole city. Uh, I like Fausto's a lot. That's very Sicilian. Uh, I uh, I like uh, Rizzuto's. This is where Tony Angelo's used to be. That's kind of half a steakhouse and half of uh, of uh, other kinds of things. I would say tending towards uh, the uh, the uh, uh, Sicilian style uh, as well. Who? What? That's Vincent's, right by where I grew Vincent's, up. So. Vincent's, you mean, or which? Vincent's, yeah. Vincent's, is a, I, that's a, a real New Orleans kind of a place, not just because of the Sicilian influence, but also because a whole lot of the food that he does is very, very New Orleans kind of cooking. He's, you know, gumbo, turtle soup, you know, he's, lots of seafood with, you know, fairly high spice levels. We have a lot of Italian restaurants here, and most of them are pretty good. But once you start pushing that button that says, is it, is it authentic or not, nobody can really answer that in most cases. All right, Tom, thanks a lot. Thanks for the question, and it's a good one. And we'll be back with more of the Food Show after first, if you will. This Hello, welcome back. This is the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. And let's see, Lynn is over here on our orange phone. Lynn, welcome. You're not my sister, are you? Uh, no, Tom, I'm not your sister. 
Oh, well, that's her name, too, but I just thought I'd ask, just in case. Okay. Quick question. Joey Kays, I went the other day uh, to Joey Kays, which was very good, on magazine. But weren't they in Metairie at one time? No, I don't think so. They've been okay. there. That, that that place opened up around 1982, if I remember correctly. It was around then, anyway. And I remember it very, very fondly because when they opened up that kind of restaurant, the neighborhood joint kind of a place that had poor boys and and roast beef poor boys and uh, and uh, you know a bowl of gumbo and and all, all of the family style kind of cuisine that we have around most of the city and mm-hmm. all of that had been disappearing and they came on and they started doing all those daily specials into the, the chicken every tuesday and the lasagna oh, yeah. every friday and uh, that's still what they do and uh, they really stood out for that but i don't remember that they were somewhere else before then okay well yeah. they were always in the same location of magazine because they said the original joey k passed away a while ago uh, that I don't, I don't know, but that doesn't sound right with what I see. It's the same location. They did do a major renovation that made the place look totally different once they oh, were okay. Uh, but, uh, they've been in that spot as long as I can remember. Okay. Well, it was yeah. very good. And I loved, um, like they have liver and onions. It's great. Yeah. You see that kind of food. You don't see that very many places. You don't. Anymore. Yeah. You don't. Well, it's good to have them uh. doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Thank you, Tom. Have a safe trip on your trip. Thank you very much, uh, and I sure will. Yep. On FM, on HD, on Skywave, and online. We'll be back. More of the food show. Stay tuned. Thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.